0: Welcome to F Cancer, a podcast about looking past cancer to see the human beings living and breathing every day behind it. I'm Cousin Chloe. On today's show, we're exploring the idea of memory. Memory is a funny thing. It's often those narratives we tell ourselves over and over and over that shape our memories, regardless of the objective reality of the situation. And those narratives can begin to crumble when there happen to be, you know, other people around who also lived that same event and remember it a little differently. In episode one, Tom walked us through the day before and after he found out that he had terminal cancer. On today's show, his oldest daughter Stephanie walks us through that same timeline, only, you know, the way that she remembers it. Stephanie, who's 26, also happens to be a genetic counselor which means that upon learning her dad had cancer, she had enough medical knowledge that it caused her to process his diagnosis differently than her other family members. She saw both a patient facing terminal illness, as well as her dad telling her the kind of news that no child ever wants to hear about her parent. Here's Tom and Stephanie.
1: To start out, I was just wanted to ask you, you know, when you think about that uh, couple of days in in uh, early July, when I think you guys were more concerned about the the little pain that I had in my side, that I was kind of blowing off a bit. Um Yeah, blowing
2: know, off a bit is an understatement. Uh, all right,
1: so t- so tell me, <laughs> I already I already <laughs> talked about my you know perspective on what happened and and how it led me to go to the ER and everything. Uh, let's hear what you were your take on it.
2: Uh, yeah so we came home shortly before that so I uh, came home from Maryland um, to, to visit for the summer because I had the summer uh, off from school um, and we got home and there was a lot of commotion you know everyone hasn't been feeling super well lately um, you know Allie thinks it's her allergies mom I don't remember what mom's reason was but there was a there was a kind of solid reason why mom might have been not feeling super well um but yours was we like, were all
1: worried about covid on some we level. were all
2: worried about covid but but we didn't think anyone had covid um right. but it was just but but you clearly were the one that was the hardest hit and then it was and it was we were worried was it like mold in the ceiling you know that we were like
1: uh, that's right. Coming I forgot up, about but, that. Yeah, yeah, we were we doing like mold, mold tests,
2: tests in my bedroom because there was some water that was in the ceiling. We were like, well, maybe it's mold. But that doesn't make sense. My dad is the most he's the biggest guy. The cats aren't bothered, you know. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. Right. Um but still you're working through that differential of
3: <laughs> trying to figure
2: it out. <laughs> trying to figure things it out. Yeah. Um and and yeah. again
1: for me it was like you know, I it felt like I uh, slept funny. You know, right. just uh, the, the only thing was that typically that doesn't last for three or four days right it wasn't going away it wasn't wasn't going away and then and then I think the addition of feeling a little nauseous which is definitely out of character for me I mean that's not something I couldn't remember the last time before the diagnosis that I ever threw up or or just even felt nauseous so
2: well which is that and that's part of the reason why we thought it was something environmental you being so nauseous was odd um we were like he must have breathing or eating something weird or I right. don't know um yeah no and then it definitely really ramped up the day before so that would be July 2nd we were celebrating Jack's birthday is at the end of April but it was the first time that we were like all together as a family to celebrate his 21st birthday so we were celebrating and and his girlfriend's parents came over and um doctor um his her her dad is a doctor
3: right. Dr.
2: P um and so uh you were not joining in any of the the nice dinner on the day de- you were you were in and out um, to to the annoyance of, of some of us
1: everyone we, I think th- but yeah, yeah the
2: annoyance of everyone we were like where the heck is Dad And yeah we Mr. P was like, yeah he should probably go to the hospital like tonight.
1: It was part of the reason that I wasn't engaging a lot is I knew that that would be the answer. Yeah. And, uh,
2: yeah, he I was, was still like, holding you have out for, uh, major stomach abdominal pain and you, you were showing him where it was and He was like, you probably have gallstones, um,
1: or kidney stones,
2: or kidney stones. You have some sort of stones probably, or, you know, I think there was an undercurrent of something potentially worse, but it's probably gall or kidney stones and you should probably go to the hospital just to get it sorted because, you're just going to continue to be in pain and yeah. you were, you know, risking like other, you know, infections and stuff like that. So and, and I got to so tell you, I don't night, think there was
1: any undercurrent, at least not in my head at that point, that there was something else that could be worse. I mean, like, it was even in my though you head. Yeah. You know, okay. Fair it enough. Was, it
2: was a little bit in my head. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Just... I mean, you, you there's always that that undercurrent of well, maybe it might be something a little bit more serious. Well,
1: sure. I mean, there's some level of any time you have a weird ache or pain, you go, could that be cancer or something? Right. But I mean, I so think I, it I'll was, give you that. It
2: was probably on Doctor P's differential that he came up with in his head, but but didn't share that out loud. Is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. But but we were like of the conclusion you probably have gallstones or kidney stones. Right. Um. And so, um, all night. We were bugging you and bugging you to go to the hospital. You were being a pain in the butt and being very stubborn and did not and refused to go to the hospital with a multitude of excuses. It was like, oh, it's too late at night. It's too X. It's I would prefer when I can go in the morning. And sometimes I'm going to go first thing when I wake up in the morning. So it was like. 9 a.m. So
1: funny, I, I yeah. You
2: don't do you? Know, do you remember this?
1: I, now I do. I mean, hearing you. Hearing oh you describe it. it. But yeah, no. At, <laughs> at time to it was go like, to the hospital. Just, stop, just leave me alone. I'm yeah, fine.
2: and we were like, a doctor just said you need to go to the hospital, and we were like. We think you should go. I mean, he
1: examined me standing up in my foyer. I mean, oh, yeah. okay,
2: and this is why it took us how many twenty four hours to get him to go to the hospital. I mean, it was it was almost that we you went to the hospital early afternoon. I would say it was
1: like 11, Yeah, I
2: don't. I think it was past no, 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 noon. No,
1: no, no, no. It was it was right around. Okay, there. okay.
2: I just remember you, the, the the agreement that we came to to stop bothering you all night to go to the hospital was that you would go first thing in the morning. You were gonna set an alarm and go early in the morning and go first thing. And so I remember waking up and being like, he is still in bed. <laughs> that, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Sure. That asshole is still in bed.
1: <laughs> we not allowed to swear bad things about me. I mean, you could say fuck <laughs> cancer, but... Okay, all right, so we're back to it. So
2: I was like, he's still What an asshole. Yeah, I was like, he didn't mean anything he said last night. He still doesn't plan to go to the hospital today. And I'm pretty sure you didn't. I'm pretty sure you still did not plan to go to the hospital. I think I was
1: rooting for I would feel better when I woke up and then it wouldn't have to.
2: the whole thing was you just putting it off so you wouldn't have to go to the hospital, and i you know i get it there's it was covid but it was also just it was july 3rd too it was just well yes that this day was july the day was july 3rd and and we were like you have to go and i think you just went to get us to stop telling you to go to the hospital more or
1: less more or
2: less you were like yeah i get i probably should go to the hospital you were like googling i heard sometimes gall and kidney stones can resolve on their own you were like what could the doctors at the er really even do for me like i I remember this being a discussion and being like roll I mean rolling my eyes constantly for basically 24 hours just being like just well there are some things it's like if you broke your doctor. toe it's like if you
1: break your toe there's nothing they can do like they're gonna send you home and tell you to keep it you know wrapped up with ace bandages or something yeah, but, so yeah but, okay, <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all of this in retrospect is especially uh it's ironic
2: so, yes and so finally we get you to get, go to the hospital dragging your feet. I mean, you were making the biggest stink about us making you go to the hospital.
1: See, I remember heading off cheerfully.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, You remember being cheerful? No, I remember you were, like, actually, I think grumpy at us because we were making you go. You did not think it was a big deal. You did not want to go. And so we finally, like, verbally shoved you out the door. (laughs) And we're like- This is not
1: going the way I thought it was going to. (laughs)
2: You mean me just uh, like shading you for yeah. uh for we'll ten- have to well. edit
1: this carefully yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah okay um no but so then so that was like my big memory of like heading up to you going to the hospital and then you mm-hmm. at right. the hospital
1: and I remember leaving and and saying something along the lines of I'll be back in like an hour or something oh yeah that was, really that was that was always like,
2: the assumption was yeah. that you'd be back real quick because it was it was July third also you right. know we. It, we were like, oh, we're going to hang out tonight. We right, ju- right. Yeah, I just got here a co- like less than a week ago. I think I got there like r- right the week before. Um,
1: we so just got in the fire pit, I think. And Yeah, yeah. So I think were excited. we had. We yeah. were very
2: excited. Um, and it certainly was supposed to be just a quick trip.
1: I remember going in and trying to like bypass diagnosis and, oh entirely god. and just saying, "Hey, I think I have a kidney <laughs> oh, stone. Can I, you just ultrasound this really quickly <laughs> and let me know." Uh, and you're
0: Like,
1: uh, sure, yeah, we'll, we'll go through a few other things too. But, oh my uh, god! Yeah, I was really you're like, trying. I just to.
0: have. Can
2: you just tell my? Can you get a doctor to write down on a prescription pad yeah. that you're fine, that I'm fine, right, and that I can go home? and so need something to show my family. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, though.
1: No, I need but, to prove I was here.
2: <laughs> I need to prove I was here and didn't just sit and wait outside the emergency room door. Bringing a at
1: home from the <laughs> church to prove that you yeah. went to Mass that day.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, all right.
1: So. So then I don't come back after an hour.
2: Which wasn't totally abnormal, I think, at first. Because it was kind of
1: an irrational assumption that I would only be an hour.
2: Yes. Well, I think we all knew that. That it was slightly irrational that it would be a quick in and out. Um, And it was, you know, it was COVID. It was July 3rd. So I don't think it was totally abnormal that you were there for longer. Yeah. So they 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 took you back for an ultrasound. Um, And I remember you saying, okay, they took me back from the ultrasound. Um. So then, we go through, so we've yeah, had Mom the conversations and the,
1: back and forth. And mm-hmm. we've I've, I've texted you guys some, like, photos of me just sitting there in the bed or whatever. Yeah. And, and we've had a call and, or two. And at this and point, you've been two. gone
2: for... Like six hours, hours six, five hours, hours. yeah, yeah right. I mean, at least. It, it, we were sitting on the deck, and I, th- I think that's when you texted mom. When mm-hmm. mom and I were sitting out on the deck, and mom was very—I mean, she was very worried. Mm-hmm. Just she also, I think, could sense something was was a little up. But I was trying to keep everyone just calm, cool, and collected. It's probably nothing. Statistically, it's unlikely. Let's just it's probably kidney stones or gallstones. We're right. just going to keep riding along. And mom um got a text and just went, <gasps> and then you could see the panic look in her eye and she goes, she just stands up and she's like, okay, dead son, I'm going to go get dad. We were like, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, you just had a drink. Why don't I, maybe I shouldn't say this. Part. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. <laughs> you know, it was like, you know, she just had a drink. Um, Maybe this, you don't drive. Uh, maybe one of us kids who hasn't had a drink, go drive and, and pick him up. And she was like, no he specifically asked me to come pick him up and I said I'm sure it's not that big a deal like we'll just go pick him up and she was like no I he asked for me I asked him if there's because this is what she said what I believe you said she said she back is there a reason you don't want the kids to come and well, she you first, said she yes. first
1: texted um, great, we're all gonna jump in the car and come get you, like a, as a as a family, mm-hmm. and um, and then I texted back, uh, no, I'd prefer if just you did. Yeah, and then she texted back, is there a reason for that? And I just said, yes, <clears throat>
2: yes, and and, and and
1: then that was the.
2: So we got it out of her that you had been saying that. So we're all freaked at that point. Um, we're we're super freaked out at that point
1: yeah that'll get your attention
2: yeah that'll get your attention very fast um so mom goes and picks you up and she called me while you were at walgreens she's like dad's picking up a prescription from walgreens i'm in the parking lot um i think he and i are going to take a walk around flick um and then we'll be back home and i'm like yeah can you give us any indication of what's going on right now and she's like nope we'll talk to you guys when we get back And I was like, that's when I really was like, fuck, okay.
1: Yeah, and we really, I mean, like, um, as that was going on, like, we were still, I mean, mom had only known at that point for seven or 10 minutes or something, you know, oh, it, was, yeah. it was all happening very quickly. And, 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 and I think at one point she said, you know, well, the kids, you know, it's, it's July 3rd, like they can go out and, and see the fireworks and stuff and, and we can talk about this in a few hours. Like we can kick this down the road a bit. Oh, that's and, what uh, she was
2: even saying to us too. Right, right.
1: Absolutely. And, and not
2: in a, uh, in oh, a, not in a, a bad way. It, right. No, no.
1: Just as a, if we need time to, to kind of process before we do this and, And to me, it was just like, no, I I, like this has happened now. It's not a thing. It's not a thing in, I mean, like, this is, this has already happened. And um, I kind of need them to know uh, for me. And, and so that, you know. And
2: frankly, there was, and I, and I think I texted you guys and said this, like, I know you guys want to walk around flick, but you have three incredibly anxious kids sitting at home right now. I mean, the three of us were just, Sitting there on the couch with Alex, and just going, "What could it possibly be?" And right. and no one wanted to say, "Do we think it's cancer?" Right, right. But we were. I th- I'm. I would guess we were thinking it. I was thinking it. Yeah. I actually was very specifically thinking it might be pancreatic cancer. I was like, I probably not, but like it's it's possible.
1: Right. That's the um, danger of, of studying this stuff and this stuff. Oh, it's just, yeah. Your, your, your brain can go into those places much quicker.
2: Yeah. So, so we texted you and we were like, I, we, we said, you guys, I, I know you would like your space, but we're really going crazy over here. Yeah. I mean, we were worked up just sitting by ourselves going, something is very wrong and we have no idea no what it is. Right? Yeah. Um, so I remember then you guys came home and, and, um. Yeah, we all went and sat at, the, sat at the kitchen table. Yeah. And I knew as soon as you said it, I was like, okay, fuck, um, that's not good. That's, I actually, so then, so I went to hug Alex and I said, that was my worst case scenario of yeah. this whole thing. I, I
0: literally said, this was worst case scenario. Uh, this is closing Chloe. We're gonna pause right there for a minute. And we're going to check in with Tom, the Tom of now, who's just listened to that again uh, to to see what we can pull out of of what just happened there. You know, so there are a few instances in life where you really get to go back and really try to understand what was happening for someone else, you know, especially somebody you loved. Um, You know, Tom, why why was it important to you to go back and, and hear this same story of that moment before moment after from stephanie's perspective Uh, what what was to be gained
1: yeah it's i mean i think on some level when you get a diagnosis like the one that i've received um all of time um all of my life certainly all of my summer and all of 2020 you know was divided into before and after and so the closer you get to that moment uh where before became after, um, the more discreet and the more interesting the minute to minute things that were going on were. Um because, you know, you're always asking yourself, um, you know, were there other symptoms that I should have spotted three weeks before or three months before? You know, it's one of the most common questions that I got was, and you didn't feel anything a week before that, or a week before that, and so you end up becoming very introspective about that time um, because you have those those actual questions for yourself, and then um, and then because we were all together as a family and just happened to be because it was the Fourth of July and everybody came home um, and went through you know all the COVID hassles to be sure that we actually could all be together. Um, I knew that they also had their observations of me during uh, during that time, during those few uh, other weeks, you know, before uh, I started having the pain in my side. I know that their lives are, are going to also be defined by a before and after, and um, and so kind of giving. Um, and I don't think Stephanie will be the last one um, of the kids, um, you know, to to share their perspectives on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they'll they'll choose to want to, to have a discussion about how they were doing in, in those moments or not. But it's also cathartic to just relive that. And I think in some of the following discussion that we'll have, that we'll be hearing, um, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, um, you know, Stephanie will talk about uh, a, a bit of how they weren't just processing as a group of siblings together, that they each were bringing their own pre-existing knowledge and perspectives and fears and worries to the table, um, and so they didn't have a holistic experience, um, even though they were all together waiting for news from the hospital about me. Um, they were also each going through something, um, you know, very personal um, yeah. and and very different, I think, yeah. uh, from yeah. each other.
0: Yeah. No, that that makes total sense. And now. We're right at the moment of her hearing and finding out, and this is her worst case scenario, literally. Um, And now we're about to move into sort of how she's processing this. And because she does have uh, kind of an advanced medical knowledge, like we mentioned at the beginning, um, she received your diagnosis differently, uh, as we're gonna see right here in part two.
2: So I think and you know we're kind of we're kind of dancing around this a little bit but I think um what we've what we've been kind of talking about was that I I knew immediately um what we were working with and I yeah. think actually one of the harder things for me I mean, there's a lot of really difficult things that f- those first few weeks I mean for a few months, you know, just any, any time period. But I sure. think the the first few days in particular were really difficult for me because I knew so much. Right. And the rest of the family did not. Yeah. Um,
1: did they know how much more you knew?
2: That's a good question. Um, I think they knew that I knew something and was not telling them. Hmm. It wasn't that I wasn't, per- I, I was never purposefully not telling them. I think right. that they just, they could tell that I right away knew what we were talking about. And I was not participating in conversations about, oh, well, maybe dad'll be in remission. Maybe X, Y, and Z will happen. Right. Um, will
1: you have surgery then Well, you have
2: surgery then um things like that right um it it i i don't know if it was like they explicitly knew that i knew and they didn't um but no it was just it's it's really weird to like you want to not scare them yeah i, I explicitly said cuz i don't i know the numbers and I don't think it's helpful for you to know them right now. Yeah. You are, you are welcome to Google five-year survival rates if you think that would be helpful for you. But I'm just going to tell you that the numbers aren't good and you don't want to know them right now. Yeah. So that, I guess that's a question for you too. So um, I guess, I, you know, I've been saying, oh, yeah, like we knew the numbers, but, but you may not have. Like when they said, stage four pancreatic cancer. I know that you knew it was bad. You knew what we were working with mm. on some level. Um, did you fully quite understand like what?
1: Well, I mean, I'll just tell you, uh, yeah. I fully, um, as of the day I walked out of the ER on July 3rd through, uh, all of the, um, meetings with the oncologists, uh, mm-hmm. and palliative team and everybody, And really up until the CA-19 numbers had two or three consistent big drops in Mm -hmm. a row. Um, No, I I didn't, um, well, I mean, by time reference, I didn't think I would see Christmas or New Year's at all. Um, So my awareness of it was enough to know that at, at, if you hear inoperable, terminal, uh, stage four, metastasized in, you know, innumerable numbers of, of, uh, liver tumor, you know, all those, those words that were in the very first ER, uh, discharge summary. Um, no, I, I, I was in a place of, okay, so six months, we've got a lot of stuff to get done in that time. And mm-hmm. it's part of the reason that I had an orgy of buying stuff for you guys in August. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Mary was like, well, you know, <clears throat> hey, <laughs> yeah. you're spending a lot of money. <laughs>
2: hey, maybe let's um, not do that.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and you know, we have birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that. And I, and I, I remember just saying straight up, uh, I do not expect to be here on Christmas. So I'd kind of like to see them open them. Right. Um, and uh, so... I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, I guess in like, terms so, of like my perception of where we were headed and, and right. what we had, it was, uh, it was, it was about six months.
2: Yeah, I, I, um, I knew from just what I had been told, you know, in school. Mean, the 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 mean time from diagnosis to passing away is about eight months, eight and a half months. I think median yeah. is about twenty what did your doctor, 22 22 is like the median. So, I mean, obviously those are those are different math ways of saying it. it's still not a long time, but 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 what I knew in my head was okay, the average is 8 months. So, we're going to operate from that. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, well, this is just problem after problem. And and I it, there was a very um weird, okay, I'm just leaving. <laughs> Well, all these problems are still coming up, right? Um, no, it was it was something I wrestled a lot with. Um, I definitely talked about it, you know, with with my own therapist. Of, you know, um, it's it's a the when you make decisions like that that you can't take back. And when we're working with something that, you know, we we still don't know. I mean, we we will never know until we know how much time you have. Um, right. But especially when it was a conversation around. <laughs> will dad be at christmas right um that was a really tough one um i knew that if i was at home i wasn't gonna be getting a, i was trying to view it as like a little bit of a quality over quantity yeah um i could be at home with you and not make a ton of difference in everyone's you know i mean obviously it would be nice to have me around but right did you need me around maybe not um And what is the balance for me of like, yes, I get to spend an extra couple months, um, but in the grand scheme of things, is that quality time that I'm going
3: to have look back and say, sorry, I'm getting a little
1: emotional. No, 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 no. It was a
3: really, really tough decision at the time. I know,
1: I know. I I mean, I remember the discussions we had about it and... and,
3: uh, I mean, those are things that like, well, I mean, sorry, let me just... No, no. Those are the types of decisions that are like when people talk about having big regrets in their life, it's decisions like that. Like I I wish I had spent an extra 3 months with my dad before he died, or right. I wish I had not done that and finished school because of how difficult it was then for me to finish, you know. Right now. And, and these are like that's what was really getting me. Sorry. Um, Stop apologizing. <laughs> that's what was really getting me was this concept of like, these are the types of decisions yeah. that people look back and regret. You know, taking different jobs and things like that, that's a big deal in your life. Or
1: or they look back and they're uh, proud of.
3: Right. Yeah, that's true. But at the time, it felt like these are a decision yeah. that you could look back on and really regret. And um, I think part of my emotion right now is also coming from being really glad that I'm not feeling that.
1: Yeah, no I mean like that's, if there's one. the
3: weight of the potential regret was the hardest part actually. Absolutely. So,
1: um, I mean
0: for all of us.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: This is Cousin Chloe again. Uh, let's just pause here again for a moment because it feels important to do so. So I've got Tom here. So Tom, you've got two big roles you're playing right now in this moment in the podcast. You're acting as both host who has to be the cool, calm, collected host. And, but you're also a dad in this moment, trying to console his daughter, trying to make everything okay. What's going through your mind now, re-listening to what, to what Stephanie's saying here?
1: I am amazed that both of us hold it held it together as well um as we did uh, parts of that were were really tough uh to listen to i think um the the uncertainty and the struggle um that she talked about with school um and and going back and being you know, eight hundred miles away instead of upstairs. Um, you know, that was something that I, I watched her struggle with, um, and you know my uh, my strong encouragement was for her to go back. Um, and and I just really felt like by that time that we were having that conversation, things I I was feeling better. We had gotten through. I think um the worst of the summer and um and i think i think i had enough optimism uh that that she wasn't going to regret that um and i think and i think i've i've tried to to hold that in uh in all because the steph isn't the only one who's had this you know all the kids have this um and uh in the in the i guess i try and Go with my gut, but my gut is as long as I think I'm uh, I'm gonna be here in the duration that that we're talking about, then go live your lives absolutely. And and if I and if I think I'm not, then I'll I'll let you know um, because I don't want you to ever have a regret, and I don't want to have it. Um, so um, yeah, but that's That, that was tough. And it was, and, and you're right. Um, it was interesting. You picked up on it because there were parts of the discussion where, where she flipped around and was interviewing me. There was parts of it where I'm interviewing her. There's parts of it where we're just like having this shared reliving experience as a father and daughter. Um, and, and it was like kind of all happening at the same time. It was very, uh, very uh, powerful to listen to very kind of unusual, though. Um, and again, probably my biggest takeaway was surprise that, uh, uh, that we were both uh, hanging in there as much as we did.
0: Yeah, yeah. And with when when you're saying regrets, how, uh, how do you know? How do you know, when you're saying, you know, I'm, i I want to have the optimism, I want to, I don't want them to have regrets, I want them to live their lives? How do how do you know? that the regret would not be I, I wasn't with my dad in the last couple of weeks or months of his life and i i went back to school yeah
1: i mean you you don't absolutely know i i mean one of the one of the things that that we've been very honest about as a family is there's the stuff that we can look at and we can say trending <clears throat> dad's gaining weight and his ca is doing well and his uh, energy levels are good um, you know, that, that's noticeable. That's something that's tangible. It's something that we can all agree on, kind of look at. And, and then every few weeks I get uh, blood test results and we can look at those and say, you know, these key numbers, you know, red blood cell, white blood cell, um, things that indicate liver health, things that, you know, things that indicate, uh, uh digestion and, and other things. And, and if that's going well, then, you know, I think we should all assume that I'm Going to be here two weeks from now, four weeks from now, eight weeks from now, and 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 operate accordingly. And no, we don't think in five or ten year horizons when we think about that stuff like NLPs do. Um, it that and and that's totally normal when you're in NLP to to think in. Um, you know, we're gonna move home. We're gonna move back to Illinois in five years. You know, and 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 have kids or something. I'm not saying that that's a stuff thing. I just mean like that's a kind of planning that you can do. NLP and, NLP here yeah.
0: is normal lifespan person. Normal yeah, lifespan no, person is. for those who don't know.
1: Yeah. So if you if you have an expectation of a normal lifespan, you you can make plans like that five ten years in the future. And and so we can't and we don't. Um, but it's also we don't. Act or think that it's imminent, um, you know that it could happen any minute, um, and and so part of the the decision making in this is that for the stuff that we can predict and that we can have a sense of. Um, I really feel like you're making a good decision. You're not going to regret this. That, that, that you know being able to to be away, um, you know this won't be. Oh my God, I missed it. Uh, missed the time. Um, that said, the the other part that, that we've all had to be honest about is anything could happen and it could happen very quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, I feel like, uh, another part that really stuck out to me right then was, um, you talking about how, uh, you know, she's asking you, did you really have a sense of your time? You know, what kind of, what amount of time we are talking about? And you said, I honestly didn't think I was going to make it till Christmas. And I feel like, there was a part of me listening even just now that just something just almost sort of broke. Cause I thought, Oh my God, I, I can't believe I'm listening to them have this conversation. Like this is not a conversation you normally have. Um, there was a part of me too. The, the thought came up like uh, it's hard. I think even in some ways to hear you guys talking so scientifically um, just even in this moment, not that you always do. Yeah. Is there?" is there a part of you that that is able to hide in that or is there is that a way to just sort of not go into that the well of emotion that must be under that or you know i don't
1: know i I mean i know what you're talking about and and i do sometimes get asked about that um because i i can fall into kind of a mode of talking just very clinically and not emotionally about stuff even though the topic is both Personal, emotional, and um, and and should uh, or you would think would would have a different. One. I, I really don't know. Uh, I part of it's what I have done for a living. Part of it is having been through it um, as as a caregiver and as a patient. Part of it is it's now six months later, and I just am have been doing this for so long. It feels like that. Um, uh, you just kind of fall into a clinical Q and A, you know, when the, when the, doctors and and nurses ask you questions um you know the 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 when the first time you get asked certain questions and you have to actually think about it or or put yourself what is it that they're asking what you know what, what are they trying to get at and and when you understand that or, or you've been asked the question 300 times you know like it, it isn't that you blow it off it's that you're understanding of what they're getting at or what they're watching for and and how you're watching for it already or not and and what you should be doing uh, it just changes and part of that is and i think patients anybody who sees the doctor a lot you know will tell you part of it is you fall into a bit of a clinical speak about the stuff that's going on and you just try and edit out the gross stuff
0: can now i totally i totally understand what you're saying can i push you and ask you what if we took a moment right now, what is the feeling mm. underneath that? Like, what is the what is the real feeling when talking about how much time you think you have left or don't have left? What comes up?
1: Um, it's I. I, I, I I don't have any one feeling um I have one feeling if the song seasons of the seasons in the sun from the 70s is is playing in the back of my head and that's really sad and and um so that one's all about the the things that I'll miss um uh I'll have another one where I'll get kind of uh uh I I was watching, uh, YouTube videos the other day. I'll sometimes just kind of wander around and see what I find. And, and I ended up watching a video about a guy who had, uh, uh, done a solo, um, trip from, uh, Los Angeles, port of Los Angeles to Hawaii in like a 23 foot sailboat. And it was, you know, just so cool. And, 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 you know, seeing him go through that and then one of the, you might also likes was a, a a video about this couple who had uh, uh, sold their house. They had worked for a bunch of years. They put away a bunch of money. They had kind of the standard, you know, American life, and they sold their house and everything, bought a, a a big boat and really customized it and put in solar equipment and wind power, you know, and all this stuff. So they weren't giving up technology, um, and uh, and looking at that and saying, you know. That was the kind of thing when I was an NLP that that like you could say to yourself like I'm going to do that you know what I, I could see myself doing that, and um, and so the uh, the thing isn't a, a a crisp clear thing like not getting to see grandkids or something you know which is you know heartbreaking and um, very knowable you know um but this is uh is more of the uh the restriction in your dreams um and that sucks i don't like that um either can make you cry um and they're both very different um but uh again and and then um it literally uh those those are the those are the two kind of experiences when allowing for the thought, it, you know, uh, uh, emotion is a big part of it. Um, but I can also have that thought, and and I do have that thought at times, and and it's not an emotional thing. It's it's more of a um, there's as long as I'm doing as well as I'm doing, there's no reason to for me to think or act in a way that. That is different so even though it's not five years to say six months from now um and so there's lots of things that you can do in that uh time frame uh, and so i don't get to not have things but i probably don't get to sell the house and and uh and go live on a boat uh, as much as i'd like to um uh, and even just if you weren't really going to do it just having the dream can be cool too so i don't know if that answers. The question exactly, but I think there is no one thing that I feel um, when I when I think about that or talk about that, um, and um, when I am uh, in a in an emotional place about it, it usually falls into one of those uh, one of those two categories.
0: Do you think that people who are going through this? either who the person who's going through the serious illness and the people on the other side why do you think it's so hard to go to the place of emotion why do you think that we push that aside or we just talk about anything else or we talk about it in a way that doesn't really let us get to the feeling or the emotion what's so scary or bottomless pity about going there and feeling and talking to each other about how we're feeling
1: oh i i don't know i i don't know if i agree with that i mean i don't um i i I don't avoid it it happens um when it happens um i process it i'll have a good cry um i'm depending on when, who, where, what time of day? Uh, if if somebody else is around, I'll go. I'll go seek out a hug, you know, or or talk about it, or not talk about it, or just do it myself. Um, but uh, I I don't uh, I don't think I could possibly like uh, avoid the emotion of 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 that stuff, uh, or even push it, or or, or try and compartmentalize it. Um, I think other people worry about making me sad, and so I think other people will self-edit or will will avoid it both because it's a really awkward I mean it's incredibly awkward to to even talk about just just even the fact that we talk about this and that we're doing a podcast where we talk about this is is, you know, pretty unique from what I understand from from the comments that I get. Um and and so uh, I'm not uh really shying away from it and I'm not really trying to take the emotion out because I don't think that'd be possible. Um And I'm, and I'm not really that weirded out by the conversation. Um, I understand what's going on. And, and once you do, you know, you can either choose to, um, you know, put your head in the sand or, or find some other way to, to avoid thinking about it. I I find that if I just keep myself busy and try and keep doing things, um, that are interesting, um, it doesn't take over. Um, at least not for me and at least not yet. You know, I, it's hard to say anything for sure, and it's hard to say anything forever. But uh, uh, at least so far.
0: Oh, Tom, you want to take us take us home?
1: Yeah. <laughs> this has been one of the most interesting experiences for me. Um, making this podcast, making this episode, and then going back and experiencing it and re-experiencing it. Um, and I, I thank you for, uh, for helping me do this, Chloe. I think, uh, I think this is like part therapy for me, which is really great. Stephanie, thank you so much for being part of this. I know this was not easy. Thanks to everybody else for listening. And remember, I love you.
2: Okay, you okay?